This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. I'm so thrilled to have Sonia Martinez today. Sonia is the wife of Jody Martinez, head women's basketball coach at Taylor University in Indiana. Thank you so much for being a part of all of us today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Okay, so I'm going to read a section of your husband's bio that just floored me. Okay, Jody Martinez accomplished 17 highly successful years of head coaching experience at the NAIA level during 16 seasons at Bethel College and one at Southeastern. Martinez led his team to 20 or more wins all but one season, qualified for eight national championship tournaments, and advanced to five Elite Eight appearances while piling up 11 Coach of the Year awards. What makes Coach Joni Martinez successful? Oh, Jody, he, he has a passion for success and he, he works extremely hard off the court. Um, he scouts teams, watches game film excessively. He loves to game prep. Um, he works with players individually on player development, spends a ton of time on recruiting just to find the right players that's going to fit in his system. But I really believe um, that Jody's success goes beyond the court. Um, he really cares more about his players' hearts and their lives off of the court Um, more than he does about the performance on. Um, He has this open door policy and um, the players know that they can come to his office anytime and talk about the game. They can watch game film, but more importantly, I think he wants to talk to them about their life, um, about challenges, adversities that they're facing, um, because they know that they're going to get truthful answers from him. He's straight shooter, doesn't sugarcoat anything, um, but sometimes I really think it's that tough love that kind of helps them grow. Um, and the girls really know that he has their best interest in mind because he loves and cares for them like a father would. Um, and he doesn't, he says that he, um, he doesn't really measure his success by his wins and losses, but it's really when he sees these ladies later on in their lives and they're living for the Lord and their amazing wives and mothers and they're serving their community. Um, those are really the true wins for him. And I would say we were at Bethel for 16 years. And so alumni day was like one of our favorite days of the year. It was like all of our girls were coming home. Um, Mm. And it was just so great to see how the Lord used them um, and how he had grown their hearts for him. Um, And then I thought it was really cool too. After we left Bethel, um, we knew we couldn't continue having those alumni games, which kind of broke our hearts because we just love those girls so much. But it's been such a blessing to see that no matter where Jody's been, we see familiar faces in the crowd. Um, and so to me, the, those girls are still wanting to support him no matter what university he's at. And so me, um, for me, that's just a win. Um, and what makes him really successful, I think, is just the relationships that he's formed over the years. Now, this is the questions, these top two questions that everyone begs me to ask every coach's wife. So I'm just getting right to it right now. Where did you grow up and did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? Well, um, I grew up in Niles, Michigan, and I grew up in a coach's home. Um, my dad coached every season from girls softball, boys basketball, track softball. He, he did it all. He was always in a season. Um, so we really didn't know life without sports. Um, I played sports my entire life as well. 
Um, so I kind of knew it would be fine to marry a coach. Um, I kind of knew what that life looked like. Um, I watched firsthand how my mom loved and supported my dad in all of the seasons that he coached, um, how she went to all of his events, which means we were there too. Um, I watched how she encouraged him, you know, during the tough defeat, the tough times, um, celebrating the great victories, but all along, you know, just loving him unconditionally and serving him sacrificially. Um, so living a coach's wife's life, I thought I would be a pretty good fit for me um, because it's kind of the house that I grew up in. Wow. So your mother was basically a role model in this. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. So how did you meet him? How did you meet Coach Jody Martinez? Oh, dear. Okay. Well, <laughs> I went to Judson College my first two years, and then I transferred to Bethel my junior year, which that's where he was at. Um, and the day that you move in as a transfer, it's, it's a hard, it's kind of a hard day. You've got freshmen that have been there all week for freshman orientation, and then upperclassmen already know each other. Um, my roommate was a transfer as well, but she wasn't there yet after I had moved in. So I was kind of sitting in my room all by myself, and I thought, I need to go someplace where I feel comfortable. So you know where I went. I went to the gym. Um, and when I went to the gym, I was so excited to see Coach Mike Lightfoot. Um, he was the men's basketball coach and the athletic director at the time. Um, but more importantly for me that day, he was a familiar face um, and kind of my comfort. He was in the admissions office the day that I had visited campus that summer because my college coach, um, I played college basketball. He was a high school teacher, so he wasn't there for my visit. So like I said, Coach Lightfoot was pretty much my source of comfort. So Coach and I were chatting for a bit on the side, um, and the men's basketball team was playing a pickup game. And the next thing I knew, he was calling over this super tall, skinny guy to introduce to me. See, I'm 5'2", and Jody is 6'8". Oh my so goodness. Coach said, hey, I want to introduce you. Yeah, I want to introduce you to somebody. And Jody's reply was, yeah, I already know who she is. Her name is Sonia. Um, and depending on who tells the story depends on kind of the snotty response. But really, all I said was, no, my name is Sonia. And Jody said, well, it was nice to meet you. Kind of not very kind. And then he walked off. But here's the best part of the story. So Coach Lightfoot was Jody's high school coach. And now one year his college coach. Um, but he was also very much a father figure to Jody. Um, so the very next day, he called Jody into his office and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know the way you left that conversation, that is not a way to talk to a young lady. So he told Jody he had to apologize to me. No way. So that's what I call a great coach. Oh, yeah. So um, and like I said, Coach Lightfoot was truly one of the most influential people um, in Jody's life. He really helped grow and shape his heart during high school and then more importantly during college when he walked through some really challenging times. So anyway, a couple of days later, Jody called me on the phone. Now I have to remember, this is back in the 80s. And so we had no cell phones. We had two rotary phones at the end of each hall in the dorm. And so someone answered the phone and left a message on my door. And it said, Sonia Jody called. Well, when I saw the message, I didn't think too much about it. I just thought it was my good friend from high school named Jody that was a girl. So a couple of days later, it didn't click. And then when I saw Jody in the cafeteria, I'm like, hey, did you call me? <laughs> And he said, well, kind of, I had a friend call you. I said, what? I go, well, if you want to talk to me, I guess you could just talk to me yourself, but what did you want? And he said, well, I needed to apologize for how, um, how I treated you that first time we met. He goes, but also I was wondering if you and your teammates wanted to come play some pickup ball over the weekend. And I'm like, sure. So I got some girls together. We played pickup ball and then he took me out to eat afterwards. 
Um, and that was our first date. Um, I was a pretty cheap date because after I play, I can't really eat. So I just drink water. Um, and he got a hot fudge sundae and a milk and a chocolate shake. Um, but we had a great first, you know, time just kind of hanging out. He told me his whole story that he hadn't really shared with anyone. Um, but that was our first date. We dated for two years um, and got married after we graduated. We've been married for 30 years and have two girls. So that's, that's our story. I <laughs> kind of crazy. love it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he had to apologize to you. Oh, I, I love it. Well, that coach Lightfoot, he was awesome. Oh, I I love this coach, Coach Lightfoot, right? I like it. No. Yeah. That's he was that's amazing. incredible. That's incredible. Okay, so talk me through the coaching steps. You just said you had two daughters. So to give me the timelines. We get married and, and walk me to now. Okay. So Jody double majored in business and accounting at Bethel. And after graduation, he decided he went he was going to work at a bank. So he worked for a bank for one year and he hated it. He hated sitting behind a desk, hated getting dressed up every day. So Coach Lightfoot, the same one that introduced us, um, encouraged him to go back to school to get his education degree because he really thought he would be a fantastic coach. Um, so he went back to do the transition to teaching and Coach Lightfoot allowed him to be his assistant on the men's side at Bethel. And I was the head women's basketball coach at Bethel. So he was my assistant too for a couple of years. So oh, wow. He um, immediately learned the difference between coaching men and women. You know, people, some of the late girls would cry when he yelled at them or I can't feel my legs. And I'm like, all right, you have to figure out how to tone it down with the girls. Um, but anyway, so he went ahead and got his education degree from Bethel and he got a job at South Bend St. Joe, um, was assistant for a couple of years, head coach for three years, um, moved on to LaVille High School for a couple of years, coached some golf there, some track. Um, and at this point I've now had Hannah and, um, so now he's at LaVille and he would leave in the morning before she woke up and she would, um, be in bed when he got home and we're like, what are we doing? You know, this isn't really, a, we don't feel like what God intended when he said family, um, we need to be together more. So we just started praying. We're like, Lord, what, what would you have for us? We love the game of basketball. Um, we want to minister to young hearts, just use us. And we really feel like the Lord opened the door for us to go back to Bethel, um, because I, like I said, I coached there for four years and then, um, you know, I stopped, took a step back, um, just had a lot going on in my life at that time. Um, so anyway, they hired us back as Jody as the head coach and I was his assistant. Hmm. So, um, I did all the guard work at practice, you know, was it games? Um, I would bring my kids to practice. We had this amazing manager that would watch them. Um, away games, they would stay at my parents' house or my mom would just come to our house to watch them or in the stands. Um, and I did that until they got to elementary school. And I decided, you know, again, I needed to take a step back because I was spending so much time in the gym. Um, it was a hard choice, um, but I don't really regret that. Um, <clears throat> so we were, um, we were at Bethel for, like I said, 16 years. But we started to kind of feel that holy discontent. And we just knew that the Lord was leading us away from Bethel was, was very, very hard because that's where we'd been for now my four years, now his 16, 20 years. Wow. Um, but as we started praying and we kind of slowly started to open our hands and complete surrender, we knew that it was time to leave. Um, and so Jody started obviously seeking other places and God led us to Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. Um, so we went to Southeastern 16 hours from home. It was a super hard move as our family all lived up in that area. Um, we didn't know where we wanted to live, where we wanted our kids to go to school. So we lived in a 900 square foot apartment for about 10 months and we oh decided what to do. 
So we're like, you know what, we're going to retire here. So let's just build our dream home. Um, and so we did that. And I need to take you back um, for just a second. Um, my oldest daughter had scoliosis. Um, so when she was in fifth grade, she was diagnosed um, with scoliosis and had multiple back braces. But, you know, once you stop growing, you can stop wearing your brace. Um, so at the age of 14, she was able to kind of have that freedom from her best friend, the brace. And unfortunately, each year after she took the brace off, her regular checkups, her spine continued to get worse and worse. She's very petite. Um, and so I think all those years, the brace was kind of her stability. And once um, she no longer had to wear it, I feel like her body just really couldn't support her spine anymore. Um, and so once your curve gets to about over 50 degrees, I recommend surgery. Um, so we went to three different doctors just to make sure that that was what was best for her. Um, the third doctor that we were referred to was the best spine doctor in the nation. So we went to Washington University in St. Louis. So she had this surgery and we had met with the surgeon prior to moving to Florida. Um, but once we decided to have surgery, obviously Jody was now at Southeastern. Um, she played basketball, she played soccer. So we really thought she would want to wait until after high school was over to have the surgery done. But she really thought if there's any complications, I want to be at home um, instead of being away at college, which made sense to us. So June before her senior year, we made the trip to St. Louis. Um, I spent five days in the hospital with her after surgery, a couple of days in a close hotel because we live so far away. And I flew back to Florida with her. Um, it was like bringing a baby home from the hospital. Mm -hmm. I had to get up every two hours to rotate her. Um, you know, I had to brush her teeth, wash her hair, pretty much took care of her every need. She was totally dependent on me. Um, so those first three weeks, I, I really feel like, like we went to hell and back. I mean, it was just, it was super hard. Um, my youngest daughter went back home to stay with her family and friends. Um, Jody left St. Louis to go back to Florida to run summer camp. And then he drove back to Indiana to get Jocelyn. So basically I was with Hannah for three weeks, sleep deprived, complete exhaustion. So Jody gets home from this trip. Um, of going to get Joss and says, hey, I want to talk to you about this coaching opportunity at the University of Illinois. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> we just <laughs> saw our retirement home. We had lived in it for two months. Wow. I said, you can tell that coach, thanks, but no thanks. There is no way. Mm. Um, so Jody, you know, told him thanks, but no thanks. My wife is negative Nelly right now. We're not going <laughs> to wow. do this. Um, he gets home from work that day. I thought it was a done deal, but he had told him no. But Jody said, um, yeah, I talked to Matt and, you know, Matt's a believer. And he said, well, did you guys pray about it? And Jody said, well, no. And so when Jody came home and said, Matt wants us to pray about this situation, I said, I don't want to pray about it because I know what happens when you pray. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I'm a pretty positive person. And I was just <laughs> super negative about it because I think this guy was just exhausted. Mm -hmm. So I'm bawling. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't want to move again. And um, he goes, you know what? I think we should involve the girls this time in this decision. I said, that's fine you know, whatever, they're not going to want to move again. We just moved here. We live in Florida. We live, you know, an hour from the Gulf. We live an hour from Disney. We live like in vacation world, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we involved the girls. Here's Hannah, who's just had this back surgery. And she's like, oh, I think this would be a great opportunity uh, for dad's career. I'm like, what? <laughs> My wow. youngest goes, oh, I think it'll be awesome. We can move and get closer to family. I'm like, I am not feeling this at all. Um, so a couple hours later, Jody comes in my room and he goes, Hey, you got to go talk to Jocelyn, who was my eighth grader at the time. Um, she's in her room. She's crying. So of course I go in there to be the great mom and console her. And she goes, mom, what I'm going to say, it's really going to hurt your feelings. She goes, but remember when you did that Bible study with the players, when we first got here, 
and you said you had to kind of remove your pride and totally surrender daddy's job to the Lord. Well, I think your pride is back because you aren't even praying about this. Wow. And now I'm bawling because I'm like, should I hug her? Should I spank her? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> right. the Lord has spoke to me before, but never spoke to me through my kids. Mm. So needless to say, we started praying and sermons and podcasts, devotionals, everything. Jody, everything just lined up. Um, he went to apply, he interviewed, um, and basically took the position at the U of I. So we basically lived in that house in Florida for three months. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just a house. Mm. So we go to U of I, um, the gentleman that Jody coached under had a five-year contract. So we thought this is great. We can get our kids through high school. Um, but we were only there for two short years as the new AD came in and cleaned house. Um, and that's how we ended up at Taylor. So Jody's in his fourth season here. We absolutely love it. Um, my oldest graduated from Taylor in December in sports management, playing the soccer team there. Um, my youngest is a sophomore majoring in psychology. She's her dad's manager. Mm-hmm. I really feel like the Lord wanted us at Taylor, but this is the route that he had to take us on to get us there. Mm-hmm. So we had six addresses in three years. Wow. So I am now a professional packer. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I know that was a very long story, but that's kind of what our journey has been. But like I said, Jody's in his fourth year at Taylor and we are we are loving where we're at right now. Wow. Incredible. And I know there's some listeners out there that can identify with this where you, you, you know, put your foot down or you just go, there's no way, you know, there's no way Mm -hmm. this could be your best for us. There's so much going on, but God has a big picture and he's using it. You know, it, it could even be something for the temporary to get you where you're supposed to be in that right time. I mean, it's, you sound, you described a pretty tough, season of your life is that would you say some of the toughest adversity you've been through and I mean obviously you're relying on your faith to get through those moments right yeah that was moving away from family and you know our church family that we've been at for 22 years um and then my folks lived 30 minutes Jody's mom and dad I mean we all just were super close my sister was within you know 10 minutes of my house um friends that we had known, you know, since college. So yeah, that was a super, super challenging, challenging time for us. But like you said, I just feel like the Lord really revealed himself to us in a very real way um, and made things very clear. I feel like um, we're called to obedience. And when the Lord calls you to do something that's you have to step out in faith and just act on that and do what he's called you to do. So that's, that's what I feel like that's what we did during that whole time. People were like, you guys are crazy. I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, you know, we answer to the audience of one. Mm. So we answer to the Lord and we, we do what he asked us to do. Powerful so. words there. We answer to the audience of one. Cause so many times mm-hmm. in this business, you worry about what people are going to think or what other coaches are going to think. Uh, what does this look like on my resume reel? Right? Like, how is this going to pan out? Right. If I lose all my jobs and they come back and say, what happened to your resume? What is this? Like, where did you go? You know, what is this, is this perfectly going up at all times? You know, that's, I feel like we fear that. Is it always the next step? You know, God has that. He has those next steps. Right. I love that. You also mentioned something where you coached. I love that you worked with your husband for four years. Yes. So I want to go back to that a little bit in terms of, was that fun? Was that hard? And then when you made the decision yeah. to, to not coach, was that hard? Cause that basketball mm-hmm. been a huge oh, yeah. part of your life. Was that challenging right. to switch gears or do you currently coach right now? I do not currently coach right now. I, um, I always tell Jody, I have the best, the best of uh, both worlds. I get to do all the behind the scenes with the girls. 
I lead a Bible study with them once a month. They, we have them over for team dinners. You know, we do pumpkin carving. We do Christmas caroling. We do Christmas decorating, cookies, um, re- visit retirement community centers, do community service, um, do mentoring and discipleship. And I mean, there's just so many amazing things that you can do with these girls off the court retreats. Um, captain's meetings. And that's just, that's what my heart beats for. And so when I was able to go back and coach with him, and obviously I did things, you know, X's and O's. And um, when we really tried not to bring it home, um, we tried to leave it there. Obviously you have to do some prep and things at home, but we really tried to have that boundary. Um, but I loved it. I loved the interaction with the girls and, and being with him on road trips. And, um, and it was a family thing. Like I said, I brought my kids to practice, you know, we had an amazing manager that would watch them and, um, road trips obviously got, were a little bit more challenging. Um, but I did, I just, I simply loved the connection and just being a part of his program and part of those girls' lives. Um, and then we just kept praying. It was like, when my kids were little, it was easy, but then when they got involved in their own activities, I didn't want to hire somebody or have my mom run my kids to practice all the time. It was like, that was my privilege. You know, that was my honor to be able to do that with my children. And so I just said, Hey, what if I take a backseat? And what if I, you know, you get a different assistant coach for game day stuff. And I just keep doing the behind the scenes thing. And cause I thought that was super important too, for my girls to see and how, cause they help too, you know, they're used to girls being in the, in our house and having a house full of people. And we'd have players live with us in the summer and they babysat my kids. And um, it was just always that family atmosphere that we wanted to create. It was like, my girls had 15 big sisters, you know, all the time. Um, so like I said, it was a little bit challenging to remove myself from the actual X's and O's because I love that part of the game, but to be able to still be connected and do the behind the scenes still made my heart full. Um, what brought, it's what brought me life. And so it, it was a fine um, transition. That has to help you that you know the game so well because you played it, you coached it, you're able to connect with them on a very deep level when you watch the game. Does he ever ask you for mm-hmm. advice on things? Well, I don't know if he actually asked me, but I always give it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will be honest, um, when he gets home from games, it's just kind of what we do. We process through it. We talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. We go through stats. We just we talk about it all. Um, and it depends on how the game went, kind of depends on, um, his mood. And I, obviously over the years, I've learned that if there's certain things that I think he needs to work on, I will share that. But sometimes I have to wait, you know, a couple of days and say, Hey, let's go back, you know, to that game. And, you know, just the way you talk to that girl or whatever. So I kind of not only critique, I know that sounds terrible, not always critique the game, but kind of him as well, because he is, he has this, this saying, um, today I want to get 1% better. Mm. And it's not just his team. It's him. He always wants to be improving in his game and his approach and how he deals with women. Um, And it changes from year to year. And as you know, there are some girls that can handle it and there's some girls that can't. Mm. Um, And so he has to be very sensitive to that. And so that's something that I appreciate, appreciate about him though, is he's always trying to improve not only his team, but his coaching as well and how he relates to, to women. What a neat relationship you guys have, because a lot of spouses have a hard time telling each other things mm-hmm. like that. You know, they avoid those types of conversations, but that's really cool to hear. So if you could go back and give yourself some first year coach's wife advice, if you're talking to a first year wife out there, what would you say? Mm-hmm. I would say don't sit on the sidelines. You got to get in the game. Um, 
be his biggest encourager, be his number one cheerleader. If you don't know the game, try to learn it so you can have conversations about it. Um, I know it's easy to isolate um, and to grow bitter because a lot of times you're going to be doing life on your own. Um, they're gone so much and it can get heavy. Um, and that's what Satan wants. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to disengage. He wants you to build walls. Um, but if you're a part of God's family, Satan will do all he can to try to mess up your family by starting to fill your mind with lies. Um, but don't allow that to happen. Be intentional about how you love your husband, encourage him, support him, take initiative. But the most important thing I think is you have to stay connected to the source and you have to take care of yourself. Um, so you can invest in his team because they really are your family and you want to be able to have the energy to do that. And I know when I, I can look back and go, man, I haven't been in the word. I haven't been spending my time with the Lord because I am feeling low. So I've got to stay connected to the source. So if they can just get in the game, be his number one cheerleader and stay connected, I think those are huge, huge pieces to the puzzle that will help them. And this kind of leads me to my next question, Sonia, which is you've been a backbone of a very successful coach. I mean, mm -hmm. If someone puts in perspective, that's over 500 wins, significant. Mm -hmm. What do you think that you have done? Tough question to answer, easy question mm -hmm. to ask, but that you think has contributed to some of the success, success that he has had? I'm going to say... It's, just, it's a partnership. Um, obviously, if you've, you've heard, we both love the game. We both love seeing young hearts fall more in love with Jesus. Um, we know these girls are not going to go on to play professional, although he has had two girls play professional ball, but we want to prepare them for the game of life. And so, um, so I think that's just been our goal. And like I said before, I, you know, I've done team retreats and Bible studies and team dinners in alumni relations and mission trip organization. Um, and I really just, I just want to minister to these young ladies' hearts and lives. And we do it together. Um, it takes time. It takes sacrifice. But as our pastor says, this life is not about this life. Um, and so the investment to me and the sacrifices that I make, it's worth it um, to see these girls' hearts and lives changed for the better. You've experienced 500 plus wins do you have any big traditions after a win? Something you've done about 500 times. What, what would that be? Well, you're going to just laugh. We're just kind of really simple people. Um, doesn't matter if he wins or loses. As soon as the game's over, he looks at me and I give him some type of sign. I give him a, a thumbs up or a, a big eyes or a rolling of the eyes. And he knows, he knows, oh boy, we're going to talk about a lot when we get home tonight. <laughs> um, Basically, like I said, we just kind of rehash the whole game. Sometimes we talk about how awful the refs were, um, just those observations. But like I said, we're just kind of those simple people. He um, he does not eat before a game. He doesn't want to, he kind of wants to feel a little hangry, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know that after a game, he needs to eat right away. <laughs> so yes. usually um, I let the man eat, um, you know, to warm up something. He's so easy after a game though. I can make him a bowl of cereal and he's please this punch. Um, and then we can, we can, like I said, talk through the positive and negatives and rehash things. So not anything really significant, but that's just kind of, we're, we're kind of simple people um, and then get ready for the next game. Y'all are very connected. Is there some things you do to try to keep that going? I mean, um, you ever go on dates, any lunch dates during the year or yeah. what's there, any big trips you plan? 
Yeah. Um, I, again, kind of goes back to the ages of our kids. I think when they were little, we really did a good job about going on dates. Um, as they have gotten older, obviously that has changed a little bit. Um, we, when the season is done, we go to Florida. I mean, we just want to be at the beach. We want to be where there is water. There is just something about the water that relaxes us, um, refreshes us, um, gets us back to where we need to be. Um, we are, again, we're just kind of simple people. Um, one thing though, that I did do, I that was really, really helpful. Um, you know, there's sometimes they're just gone four or five, six days in a row. And when my kids were growing up and just the emotional heaviness, the you're doing it all, I can just remember either journaling or just typing through an email of just things that I, I didn't want them to miss out on the girls' lives on just certain things or things that were heavy. Um, and I just was feeling like I was carrying the weight of the world. Um, because I knew once he got home from that long trip, I would, um, stuff it or I would, uh, forget about why I was even mad when he got home. And so, um, those emails or those journals would help reconnect us when he got back. Um, cause I knew those weren't great times to talk about it while he was gone. Cause you know, he's focused on what he's doing and I knew it wouldn't be a great conversation. I would even get a little bit probably more upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those emails and journaling through, it actually helped get it off my chest. So it yeah. didn't feel so heavy, but then when he got home, just able to talk through all of that. So that's something that really helped me, um, stay connected while he was away. That's really good advice. I don't think anyone has said that, but that is very, um, mm-hmm. smart to get it out there and put to not even send it, to just hold it, you know, and to be Correct. able to get through it later, just to go, okay, mm-hmm. I need to tell you these things, but now's not the time. And, and maybe you right. react in the, a way that would be almost hurtful, you know, not to really see what I'm right. dealing with, but that's really, really good. Um, very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now you talked a lot about what you do for the players. Is there anything you haven't mentioned in terms of, I mean, Bible studies, having them over for dinner, community mm-hmm. service, some of the favorite memories you have the past 30 years and still left to go, but some of the things you've enjoyed with your players. I think team retreats um, to me are probably when we get our alumni back, that's what they talk about. We usually go for a weekend to someplace secluded with no cell phones and we have a theme for the weekend. We um, meet in small groups. We talk in big groups. We do a lot of object lessons, but one of the best parts of that retreat is we do a two hour solo experience. And basically we have different stations set up and um, they can go, you know, right on a rock of something that they want to, Um, lay down a burden. Um, They can go light a candle and pray for someone. They can go to another station and journal through another station to listen to worship music. Um, And it is just a super meaningful time. We do that preseason. So it's an opportunity for our freshmen to get to know the rest of the team before the season starts. Um, And to me, that is just the highlight. Um, One of the highlights for me, um, just getting to know their hearts and um, how it beats. and just and then you just see them grow from their freshman year to their senior year and that just it makes this mama heart just super happy and obviously kind of emotional because yes. that's what you want you want to mm. see these kids change um and so that retreat has always been just a super like a highlight for me every year okay how do you get rejuvenated what are some things mm. you enjoy doing during your downtime 
downtime. What is that? <laughs> you know, basketball, it's a long season. There's preseason, there's actual season, there's postseason. It's just not a lot of downtime. Um, but you have to be creative. So when my kids were little, I knew I needed that. And so I started getting up before they did to work out. Um, I've always been a morning person. I don't drink coffee. So I have to kind of rely on my exercise to get me going in the morning. Um, so when I exercise, I either listen to a podcast, just take that time to pray, just start the day in quiet. And I can just tell it just is a difference maker in my attitude and my energy on days I work out versus days I don't. So it's just become a habit. And 23 years later, um, it's still how I start my days. Um, what I do love to do, too, is I love to shutterfly scrapbooks. I love pictures, just reliving happy memories, um, just makes my heart full. So sometimes I'll do that on a Sunday afternoon when Jody's like doing a scouting report or doing practice plans. Um, so at least we're sitting in the same room um, and I'm, I'm working on my computer. He's working on his. And um, so that's, yeah, that just, that makes my heart happy to do that. What are some of the most rewarding aspects to you about being a coach's wife? Oh, it's the people, people, people. I'm just, I'm a people person. Um, and it's just, it's so rewarding just to see the impact that Jody's had on the players that he's coached over the years. Um, I think my, I just, I love getting wedding invitations and reading emails or cards or notes that they've written to him or to us um, just to share how much their time under his leadership has helped them grow. Um, it's just, it's so rewarding just to meet and to build relationships with so many people over the years that God has brought into our lives. We have just, we have formed some incredible friendships that we would have never otherwise had if it wasn't for basketball. And we really, because of all of our places that we've been on our journey, we have friends all across, across the country, which is awesome because we can, you know, go visit people and it's just, it's amazing. Um, so when you look back over our coaching journey, um, you know, God didn't give us all the details. He just gave us the directions and said, here, here you go, just be obedient. Um, and so over the course of 30 years, we've done just that. But to me, it's just, it's all about the people. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. Rapid fire questions. You ready? All right, let's do it. Okay. What's the last book you have read? Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. You like it? So good. So good. I actually loved it so much. That's the Bible study that we're doing this year with the basketball team. Coach surprises you. Walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? I hope it would be my Lauren Daigle. There you go. Love her. Love it. Love her. What's your most impressive skill? Oh my goodness. Being joyful. <laughs> Love it. If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would that be? Mother Teresa. If you were to describe that woman in two words, I've read a lot of books on her. They, you would describe her with the word God and love. And I just think, wouldn't you love to be described with those two words? Mm -hmm. So she's got to be somebody that I would, I would love to spend some time with her. Absolutely. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? This is us. Oh, me too. Oh, I love it. it so much. I love it. I cry every time. I do too. I do. Why do I sign myself up to cry every Tuesday? I don't know. I, I know we're a week behind, but that's okay. That's okay. And it's funny because my youngest daughter, Jody and I, we watch that show together and we can't watch it unless all three of us are home. <laughs> we're terrible. Awesome. awesome. Okay. What's your go-to meal to cook? Well, if it's late, we're going with cereal. <laughs> 
No, but salsa chicken. I'm a crackpot girl. Salsa chicken, three ingredients. Everybody eats it. Love it. Oh, that's good. What sport can you beat Coach Martinez in? Tennis. Mm. Not always, but yes, tennis. What's one thing non-tech you can't live without? My hydro flask. I call it my baby. I take it everywhere I go because I'm a water connoisseur. So I have to have my own water. And it's funny if I leave it on the counter, my girls will leave and say, hey, mom, you left your baby on the counter. (laughs) (laughs) If you had a superpower, what would that be? To be cloned. Wouldn't it be great to have two of me? (laughs) No, I'm just thinking I could just do everything. I could be in two different stores. Let's go. Move and groove. Uh I like it. What would be your walk-up song? Celebrate good times. Come on. That's a good one. I feel like we need to listen to that right now. Thank you so much. I know. It's been amazing. Thanks for sharing your heart with us. Thanks for having me. This has been great. It's been good getting to know you as well. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.